Okay, today is Daf Lamed Ches. The Gemara. Let's start just from the uh, bottom of Lamed Zayin Beis. The last couple of words. By me, Rabbi Chibar Bar Abba. Shachar Kader Rabbi Kira Bishlav Shabbos Ma. What's Allah? If somebody forgets a pot, uh, food. Uh, let's just keep it simple. Let's keep it uncooked food. Not even you know half cooked for sure. Everybody uh, would agree that's forbidden. And they did shihiyah, they kept it on the fryer and was cooking it on itself on Shabbos. Ma'u, what's the halacha with the Ebed? There's no question that it was wrong, but can you eat the food? And the question that the Gemara is based on, there is a concept that when uh, malacha is done on Shabbos, a person is not allowed to benefit from malacha that's done. Uh, it's a kanas, it's a penalty. If a person can benefit from malacha that's done, then uh, it doesn't stop them much from doing the malacha. So there's a concept definitely of Maisa Shabbos. So how does that uh, play a role within the laws of Shehiyah? So, so, so can you eat the food? So Yishav Allah, Midi Rabbi didn't answer anything. Lamacha, the next day, Navak Darshal, he went out and he darshaned in the Shir, that we know that the Mishnah says, Somebody cooks on Shabbos. So if he did it B'Shogig, he didn't know it was also, he didn't know it was Shabbos, he could eat the food. Even he himself can eat the food. Um, even he himself can eat the food. Amazed, if it was done, B'meizid lo'yachal, then you can't, you cannot eat the food. Um, now, there's a big question, uh, it's a big machlokas, tanom, a very famous machlokas, as opposed to, if it, in terms of whether or not you're allowed to eat it, B'shogik, it says you can eat it. Can you even, can you even eat it on Shabbos? That's a tremendous machlokas between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda. And uh, the same thing with B'meizid lo'yachal, does that mean you can only not eat it on Shabbos, but can you eat it on Matzai Shabbos? That's also a big machlokas. Uh, it's also a huge machlokas how exactly to paskin. But that's not all of that is not relevant to us. For us, at this point, we just have to know that uh, there is a distinction that's made between shogig, uh, between shogig and mazid. So we say that, that if it's shogig, you're allowed to theoretically eat it. When exactly is unclear, but you're allowed to eat it. If it's mazid, you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to eat it. How? So that would he, so now we went out in darshan, repeat darshan, that that's all when it's somebody did cooking. Here, Evolushna, but there's no distinction for Shihia. For Shihia, there's no such halacha. This halacha is only said um, in terms of Bishel, somebody who cooked. But in terms of somebody who, um, who did Shihia, then there's no such halacha. So the Gemara analyzes my Evolushna. What do we mean that there's no difference? It could mean one of two things. It could mean that it's Mutter, even if it was done by Mazin. Or it could mean that it's Asr, even if it was done by Shogig. Which way is there no distinction? So the Gemara says, it's Machlokas. Rabbi Yosef, Damit, Hatera, they both say both cases are Mutter. That we're, we're lenient that even if it was done by the food is Mutter to eat. Why? Because when you're cooking, then somebody's doing a Maisa, there's an action, a Maisa Bishol, then there's a Din. If it's done intentionally, you can't eat the food. But in the case, when someone is just leaving the food on before Shabbos, they're not doing a Maisa. There's no, it's just that you're not taking the food off, right? There's no Isser in putting it on Friday. There's no, that's not the Vart. The Vart is that you can't have it on the fire exposed on Shabbos. So you're doing the Avera through, through, the, through an inaction, through not doing something. So since you didn't do something, that's the way you transgressed it. Then we're more lenient. Even if you did it, you're allowed to eat it. So the first opinion is more lenient. Rav Nachman said no. It's dafka the other way. It's more machmer. If I'm a bashal, so bishal, people aren't going to come and, and pretend. In other words, someone's not going to come and cook and, on purpose and pretend that you're just doing it bishogig. So since no one's going to come and play games, and then we can bishogig We can make be lenient and say that as long as it was done bishogig, you're allowed to eat the food. But in this case, where someone did shihia, they left the food on before Shabbos. So I'll see that roommate. People are going to. 
lie about what it is. They're going to on purpose do shihia and claim, oh, I just forgot. The rabbis had to, had to be more stringent. So they bent the page the other way and they said that even if, if shihia was unbeshogeg, you're not allowed to uh, benefit from it. This it comes from the idea that people just don't take the rabbonans uh, as seriously as daraisos. So since people just don't take... Um, since people don't take the Rabbanans as, as, as serious as the Araisos, so then the Rabbanans were more machra, and they said that even Bishogeg, you're not allowed to benefit from Shia. Says the Gemara Mesve, it says here in a bride, so Shagadera got a Kira, someone forgot the Kidera on, on the top of the Kira. Bishogeg, Shabbos, and he cooked by himself on Shabbos. Bishogeg, if it was Bishogeg, Yochel, he could eat. Bishogeg, but if he did it on purpose, Layochel, you can't eat. So here the bride is saying that there's a distinction between Shogeg and Mesve. But Mevan, the Ramah, the first bride just says, what type of food are we talking about? Food that wasn't fully, water that wasn't fully hooded, uh, food that wasn't fully cooked. Without water, it was fully heated, and food that was totally cooked. It was whether it was shogeg or whether it was mezid, you're allowed to eat it to remer because then you're not really um, not really benefiting from it. Uh, that's what Rabbi Meir says. Rabbi Yehuda, my reader says, If it was hot water, it was fully heated. That's much of It's not like the because the hot water is bad for it as it as it um, as it as it dries out on the fire more. But cook food that's left. Uh, on Shabbos for Shia's Asr, but the other nation is not make Yafalo because as it dries out, it's actually better for Yafalo. And, and the rule is that anything that, that, that is going to get better as it stays on the fire, if you're on Krov, a pool, and a bus, or tar, if a cabbage, some beans, or some meat, Asr is for Asr to leave it there. And uh, if you if you leave it there with the oven, it's also also any food that's been is bad for it as it stays on the fire, then it's much to enjoy it. You could do shihia for such a thing. So what's the Gemara's question? So the Bryce spoke about a cooked food that wasn't fully cooked, and which is clearly also to do shihia. And what did we say? We say that there's a distinction between shogeg and mezin. If it's shogeg, you could even mezin not. So, so that's a question on everybody. So we can answer according to Rav Nachman Yitzchak when he said that we answer even shogeg. We can answer We could say that it happened in two steps. Initially, before there was an extra decree, it just used to be that it was the same as cooking. Shogeg, you could eat it with maize, but you can't eat it. Um, the same exact, the same exact thing originally applied to Shia. But then the rabbi saw that people weren't taking it seriously enough. So since the rabbi saw that people weren't taking it seriously enough, they made the decree more severe, and they said that even if it was done by shogeg, you can't have enough. So we can answer that the price was going before the second decree. Hello, the rabbi of Yosef Amate, rabbi of Yosef say that even Bishoge, even Bamezid, it's mutter, because since you're not doing something, we're more lenient. So when is this price of taught? If it was going before the Gzeira, it's Shvar, because we said that you're allowed to eat even Bamezid, and the price says it's also. And if it's going after a second degree, which was the rabbi saw people weren't taking it seriously, then it's even Shvar, even Shoge, because the rabbis came along and said that even. Even Shogi is also, so it's definitely difficult on this opinion. So the Gemara says, Kasha, you're right, it's a big difficulty. So it seems that the Gemara prefers the other, the other side, which is that um, it happened in increments two stages. It used to be that it was the same like cooking, that Peshogi was mutter and Bemezid was also, and then the rabbis were even more machmer. Uh, the rabbis were even more machmer, and they said that even Bishogi, you can't eat it because of this adic zera. And the Gemara now explains what the zera was. My zera, originally used to say, if you cook, on Shabbos, you do Bishop Bishabbos. If it was done Bishop, you could eat Bishop not. Who had dinner The same thing as someone who leaves food on, on, on the oven before Shabbos, on the Kira before Shabbos, the same laws apply to Shia. But what happened? A lot of people were doing it, leaving it on the fire. But Omer, they would say, you know, oh, we just forgot. 
the rabbis came along and they said, no, we have to make the kanas, even for people who forget it, that it is still asr. So the maskana of the Gemara is that for shihir or more machmer, that even bishogi, you can't eat the food. So this is very relevant. Um, if someone did a clear-cut shihia, then you can never you cannot eat the food. But again, it has to be the food is not half-cooked. If it's half-cooked, it's edible, then it's for sure okay. And even if it was not, um, well, only machmir, if it was a type of food that was done uh, for Friday night. But if it was a type of food that was done for Shabbos day, we're lenient because there are opinions. We don't pass like these opinions, but we are, there are opinions who say that a food that's designated for Shabbos day, you're allowed to, she, you're allowed to do shia because you're not going to go be enticed to stoke the coal. So this is very relevant to a chalant. A chalant that people, someone didn't you know, know the laws and they did shia, perhaps if it was designated for Shabbos day food, uh, but the evidence you could still eat it. But otherwise, there's a big problem for eating food that Shehiyah was done. For Bishol, it's not as severe. For Bishol here, we're seeing that Bishogei Gocha, there is an opinion that if it was uh, Bishogei, you can't be eaten. Now, we pass in that Lechatechila, it shouldn't be eaten on Shabbos, but the Evan and Bishasatchak, uh, Mishnah Bura tells us that if it was done Bishogei, then it could be eaten even on Shabbos itself. But again, you have to remember that that's all only in terms of the laws of Bishol. But for the laws of Shehiyah, even Bishogei, you're not allowed to eat it. Um, unless, again, it was barely edible before Shabbos started, or perhaps for Shabbos day, that may perhaps be another another kuwa. Okay, so now the Gemara, we just talked about Rameir and Rabbi Yudah and the Brizes. So the Gemara says, Kashra de Rameir, de Rameir. We have seen Rabbi Yudah, Kashra de Rameir, de Rameir, because we had a Brizes back on Lama Zion in yesterday's daf. Here, Rameir was saying you're allowed to eat the food and the hot water as long as it was fully cooked before Shabbos. But earlier we learned that you're only allowed to leave hot water on Akira, but not cook food. So what does Rameir hold? Are you allowed to leave cooked food on or you're not allowed to leave cooked food on? And in Rabbi Yudah also, because here Rabbi Yudah is saying that even fully cooked food left on the cure is Aser, if it's Misam Yafalo. And earlier we said um, that you're that it's mother to leave cooked food on the kira. So the Gemara gives the obvious answers. Here we're not saying it's mutter, we're just saying bidi evid, you can you can eat it. But initially a person's not allowed to leave cooked food. On, on the kira, since it's in Samuel Biafalo. But after the fact, your mayor says you can eat it. It depends if the, if the kira is Garfakatam or not. If in our bride, he's dealing with a kira that wasn't Garfakatam, so then where it's Asr and it's even Asr with the evidence we're seeing in Rabbi Yudah, but the Brunagoshi Garfakatam, there we were Mater, there we were Mater, even if it's going to get better, the food will get better because since it's Garfakatam, you're not going to come to stoke the cults. Says the Gemari Baalu Avir Shama. What's the halach if someone did the itzur did shehia? What's the halach? Because Rabban Olav to the Rabbis Kenasim. It seems like the Gemara is just repeating this question. So the Gemara says Tashma. Let's see. Proved Amar Shmuel Barnasa and Amar Amchanina. Because Shalach Rabbi Yosi Zipor and Rabbi Yosi went to Zipor. And Matzah Hamet Shishtal Gavikir. He found hot water that was left on a kira of the Asur land. He didn't Asur it. So it seems like it was a fully cooked water, fully heated water. So it's in Samar Rabbi Yosi. He didn't Asur. But it's Mitzvah Shishtal Gavikir. But he also had these eggs that were shriveling up on the fire. Rosalind, he did Asr. So even though they were fully cooked, so he Asr'd it, but the Evans, so my level is Shabbos, it means he Asr'd to eat it on Shabbos. He wouldn't let them eat it. So we see that uh, food left um, on the fire, exposed fire before Shabbos, was Asr'd with the Evans. So when it says, well, Shabbos, it didn't mean that he Asr'd to eat it. He meant that he didn't let people do it the next Shabbos. He said, you've done this this week, but next week you're not allowed to do such a thing. It's totally forbidden to leave uh, the food on the fire, to leave the eggs on the fire. But it doesn't mean that the eggs that what the shihiyah was done were asr b'diyavit to eat. In fact, it could be that b'diyavit, it would be mutter to eat. Now the Gemara just says, we see tangentially, we see that these eggs are a type of food that when they're 
on the fire shriveling up, that they're, it's good for them. Is that true? And the Mitzvah, the Mitzvah is in, it is. So Rachel and Aniva, Rebbe's from Makah. Rebbe and I, once we, we were living in the same place, we were at a hotel in the same place. We lived funny to beat some smuggles, but it was when they brought us some eggs that were shriveled and they became tiny, like little like uh, types of uh, fruits. We ate a lot of them. So in fact, you ate a lot of them. It sounds like, you know, like it was a delicacy. It was a great food. This is nothing to do with Shabbos. The story happened on a regular Tuesday. But the point is, we're making a point of saying that, oh, we ate all this and it was so good. So we see it must be that the Metzias is that the eggs are Mestamek V'yafalah. Okay. Now we learn a super uh, important Gemara about the laws of Chazar. Again, we had a Machlokas in the Mishnah. Everyone agrees the person is not allowed to initially put food onto a fire directly on Shabbos because it appears like it is cooking. Bishama says if you take food, food off on Shabbos, you can't put it back. But Basil says if you take food off on Shabbos, then you could put it back because I'm not initially returning it. I'm just putting it back. So it doesn't look like you're, I'm doing chazar. So now, the, like, I'm, like, I'm, like I'm cooking, it's just, since, it, since I'm just returning it, it's mutter. So the Gemara clarifies. And Rav Shisha is a different Omer, And according to Basil, that you're allowed to do chazar, it's even on Shabbos. Rashi learns the Gemara means even on Shabbos day. Someone could have a havamina that when you take food off on Friday night, it's clear when you take it off that probably you're going to put it back because you need more food for the rest of Shabbos. That's why it's mutter because at the very onset of the mice, when you took it off, it was clear that you're going to put it back. But if I take it off on Shabbos Day where it's not so apparent when I take it off that I'm going to be putting it back, that maybe it's also to do Chazara because it might look like I'm cooking when I put it back. No, even on Shabbos Day, if you take food off the fire, you're allowed to put it back. We brought up some hot water from him from a, from a lower a lower story to upper story. Must go to the coast. We poured some uh, water into his wine with the water with the with the water was down in coma. Then we brought the, this hot water back down to the gira on the lower floor. He didn't say anything because it was chazar. So you see, it's mutter to do to do chazara even on Shabbos day again, as long as the fire is garifagat. So now the Gemara qualifies this hetter of chazara because think about it; it's a fine line between saying, "Oh, I'm just returning food and I'm putting food initially." Right? Once I take it off the fire and it's been off the fire a while, then when I put it back, it's going to look like I'm putting it back for the first time. So what 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 dictates that this is a mice of chazara as opposed to a mice of nesina lechatila putting it in initially? So the gemara qualifies. This is only true if the pot is still in your hand, meaning you're still you've hold you've held the pot the whole time. So then when you put it back, it does it just looks like you're putting it back. But if if you put it back down on the ground, now to pick it back up and put it on the fire is in fact awesome. But the Gemara brings it's really machlokas. He was only speaking, you know, for his personal opinion. But really, the Allah has It's mutter even if you do put it on the ground. Um, it's mutter in that it's a chazar even if you put it on the ground. It's also a machlokas here. One opinion says only mutter if it was in your hand, but it's not mutter if you put it on the ground. It's mutter even if you put it onto the ground. How do we paskin? So we paskin machatchila. Um, definitely that you should have it in your hands. We'll talk about maybe in a little bit what happens with the evidence if it was already put on the ground, but we definitely possibly that you should try to have it in your hands. Says the Gemara, Now we have a mutter. This that we said is mutter, if it's still in your hand. There's another qualification. It has to be that when you took off the pod, you had das to return it. If when you took it off, it happens to be in your hands, but you didn't have das to put it back. 
then it's awesome. Even though it was in your hands, but since you didn't have das to put it back, it's awesome. Again, we're qualifying what's defined as a Maisa Hazara. So one of the things that's defined as a Maisa Hazara is that when I took it off the fire, I had in mind to put it back. But if I didn't have in mind to put it back, when I took it off the fire, then it's also to put it back, even if it was in my hands the whole time. And the Gemara then makes the inference, McLeod, Agami Karka, if you mean, the implication is, but if you put it on the ground, Afafisha died to the house for Asr. Then it's going to be Asr even if you had das, because we're saying you need both points. It has to be in your hand and that you had das. If you're missing either component, either it's in your hand but you didn't have das, or you had das but you put it on the ground, in either one of those two cases, it would be Asr to do Chazara. Uh, so you need both qualifications that it's in your hands with das to put it back. And again, obviously, you're putting it back on a fire that's guard for kata. But there's another version, a lenient opinion. This that we said if I put it on the ground, that's also That's only if you didn't have das to put it back. But if you had das to put it back, then it's mutter even if you put it onto the ground. And the Gemara then infers the other way leniently. If it's in your hand, if you need das to put even without das, it's mutter. According to the second version, the Gemara, you only need either one of the variables to get a hatter. Either it's mutter if it's in your hand, or it's mutter if you have das. But you don't need both together. One of the two variables would suffice. So this is a tremendous, tremendous machlokas. Because um, according to the first opinion, the Bachman opinion in the Gemara, you need both qualifications in order to be allowed to do chazor. It has to be in your hand, you have to have das to put it back. But according to the second uh, uh, opinion in the Gemara, then, then as long as one of the variables is there, either you have das to put it, but you, you have das to put it back, or it's in your hand, either one of the variables is okay. Um, it's very interesting how we paskin. It seems to Shulchan Aruch we paskin stringently, but the Mishnah already, Mishnah Brewer already brings that there were some regions who paskin leniently left the other opinion in the Gemara, and we'll see how relevant this is uh, in a second. Let's just finish the Gemara by Let's say we spoke about in your hand versus on the ground. What about in the middle? What about if you put something on a pet? You put something on a bed. In our day and age, Rav Shlomo said that the question of the Gemara would be like a countertop. If you put something in the fridge, that's like putting it on the ground. You know, it's over. Uh, if it's in your hand, it's in your hand. But what about you put it on the countertop? It's like in the middle. So is that like it's still in your hand and it's Matzuzu Chazar, or is it like uh, it's on the ground and it's also Chazar? So the Gemara doesn't resolve this question at all. Uh, so it's very interesting how Allah saw. So we say so very, uh, uh, kind of like a, a compromise, which says, obviously, again, a person should drive the Chatzilov. You can only do Chatzar on Shabbos definitely if the fire is guard for Chatzilov. But even so, the you try to keep it in your hands, you have to ask to put it back. But if the Yevit, you put it, in this middle level, you put it on the countertop. As long as you have das lahachzir, even though you put it on the counter, uh, we are lenient that you're allowed to put it back, which is a, a, a very important halacha that a lot of people don't know. They assume, oh, once you put it on the counter, that's it, too long, too, too late, you can't put it back. But the Maisa, because of the other lenient opinion in the Gemara, that even as long as you have das, you can put it back, we are lenient, I'll go put in a situation where it was on the counter. We're also mekel b'di'evit, if let's say you didn't have das to put it back, but it's still in your hands, mamish, then b'di'evit, we're also mekel, it's allowed to put it back in the fire. But again, the a person should strive to do everything, keep it in their hands, if that's to put it back, and have to make sure the fire is garl of God. The Gemara has one more question. Let's say I transfer the contents of the pot into another pot. Can I put the second pot now on the fire? Is that an act of chazar? It's in a new pot. This wasn't, this wasn't in the original pot. So I took some chalan out, all in my hands and everything, but I transferred it into a second pot. So I transferred it into a second pot, and I put the second pot back on the fire. Perhaps since this thing was never there yet, then by definition it's, in, it's viewed as initial act, and that's also, it's like, it gives the appearance like it's cooking, or no, do I say that uh, it still could be an act of, an act of Chazar, and the Gemara says, hey, it looks like after all said and done, we are lenient in the question of Pinam and Mecham, even if it was switched into a different thing, you'd be allowed to do Chazar onto the fire. Very common example, such a thing would be adding hot water to chalan. 
if uh, you see your challenge is drying out, you want to add some hot water into the challenge. You took the, you, you want to put it. That's what you're doing. You're taking hot water. The hot water was on one, was on the fire in one kli, and it's going back onto the fire in a different kli. But ultimately, that's okay because we are maker with the shalapina mechamalecha. So until now, in the parak, we've been discussing a kira. So a kira is a big rectangular shaped kind of stovetop, and it's got uh, it's it's not such an intense heat. It's got a um, it's got room for two pots. Now the mission brings it. What about a toner? A toner, uh, so it was a super, super intense heat because it had a tiny opening on the top. Uh, so, so, so it's super, super hot and we're more machmer with it. And the mission now says, no matter what it's heated with, even if it's heated up with, you know, really bad fuel, like a straw or stubble, eating this open, you're not allowed to put food on, you can't do, you can't put food on it either inside or on top, no matter what, it's all usher. Um And the idea is that since it's such an intense amount of heat, and normally there aren't even coals, I mean, we're concerned that there's a little bit of sparks or something that a person might come to stoke. A person might come to stoke and it's forbidden, um, it's forbidden to therefore do any Shia whatsoever on a toner. And obviously our common, our ovens today are not like these ovens. Our ovens today are like their kiras. But the olden day toner with these tiny, with these tiny openings have Allah, you can't do Shia at all. What about a kupa? A kupa is in the middle. So a kupach, I'm sorry, a kupach. A kupach is in the middle. A kupach is a is a square is a square oven that only has is, is that has room to put one pot. So it's kind of in the middle. It's not as intensive a heat as a toner, but it is more intense than the kira. So again, the difference between the kira and the kupach. The kira can fit two, so it's it's less intense heat. Kupach only fits one pot, so it's more intense. So the kupach is kupach. Kupach. Let's heat it up with straw. Or stubble is treated like a kira if it's got. Um, bad fuel, so it's like a kira. It's mutter to do shia. But if it eats him, if it has good fuel, hariu ketaner, it's like a tanner. And then we're machmer. You can't do shia on it uh, whatsoever. It's always awesome. So now the Gemara speaks about tanner shesiklu. We just said if the tanner was heated up, so it says you can't put the food in it or on top. So to put inside means putting it mamish inside. putting on top of it is again putting it literally on top of the tanner. Those two things are also a lismo, but just to put it next to the toner, shopper dummy, maybe that's okay. Maybe the mission is only offering inside the toner on top of the toner, but to put it next to the toner might be okay. Says the Gemara, Abaya, Abaya disagrees. We said that in the next line of the mission, the kupach is kupach, we said if the kupach is heated up with the straw, it's like a kira, if it's like the, if it's heated up with good fuel, it's like a toner, and it's awesome. So how can kira shari? It's mashma that if it's the kupach is heated with the wood, then, um, then something like that, like a kira, would, would be mutter to put food on it. So, but my skin, what's the case? You know, if you're dealing with the case where it's on top of the kupach, but my, what, what are we saying? If it's not garfakatim, that's not garfakatim, are you allowed to put food on it? No way. We just, well, that was the previous mission. A kira that's not garfakatim, you can't put food on top of it. So, it must mean that we're talking about doing smicha, putting it next to the kupach, which we came out in yesterday's daf is mutter by a kira. And that's the point that could I do that by a kupach? That that if I fuel it with strong fuel, good fuel, then it's like a tanner that it's also. So clearly we say, we're saying then that it's also to do smicha on a tanner and a kupach that has good fuel and only on a kira are you allowed to do smicha. So, so that was what Abai was trying to prove. So again, Rav Yosef is trying to say that even though the Mishnah is not allowing me to do shihiyah, uh, on a tanner, but I could do smicha, and Abai is trying to prove in the Mishnah that no, that smicha on a tanner, and a kupach, when it has good fuel, is aser, um, is aser. So the Gemara says, no, the Mishnah is talking about with a kupach, 
or a tanner that's garfakatam. So, so, so again, if a kira is garfakatam, it's always mutter to do shihia. But we're saying by a tanner or a kupach, it's aser. And this is what we're saying. We're saying if I use the kupach with good fuel, then haria katana is like a tanner. The avogav the garfakatam will go above aser, even though garfakatam is forbidden to put food on it, to eat a kira, because it had been like a kira, goof, too much, it'd be mutter for it to be, uh, since it would be garfakatam. But in fact, we're not talking about smicha at all. Could be smicha, mutter, even if it's anything, even on a tanner, smicha might be mutter. So we have uh, in front of us machlokas whether or not smicha is mutter on a tanner. But that's clear, it seems like from the Gemara, that on a tanner, garfakatam doesn't help um, to put it on top. It says in more tanner, we have a price that's like a baye, that it's also to put food next to a tanner. It says a tanner that, that, that's heated up with straw in some you can't put food by it. You can't put food on top of it. Certainly inside of it. And certainly if it has better fuel, you can't. That's heated up with bad fuel. You could do smicha because it's like a kir. You can't put it on top of it. Um, because I guess it's got to be, we're talking about that it's not garfakatim, um, so then it's also even on a kira like that. But if I put it with good fuel, then in some you can't put it next to it because you can't do smicha by a tanner. So it's clear like a baye that you can't do smicha, you cannot do smicha on a tanner. Says the Gemara, what's going on with this kupak business? If we treat it like a kira, if you look at it, so even if it's heated up with good fuel, you should be allowed to put food on it if it's garfakatim. And even tanner, if you treat it like a tanner because it's so intense, it shouldn't be moderate even if it's bad fuel. So it's right in the middle. It's hotter than a kira. It's not as hot as a tanner. So since it's in the middle, we say like this. If it's got good fuel, so we treat it like the chumrah of the tanner and you can't do shia. If it's not heated up with good fuel, then it doesn't have intense heat and we're more lenient. We treat it like a kira that I could do. Shehia, if it's garifakatam. So, to summarize what we've learned, we know we've been learning in Tonal uh, Akira. Akira is this rectangular shape that uh, thing that doesn't have intense heat. It could fit two pots. There we say that if it's not garifakatam, you can't put it on top of it. You could be do smicha. If it's garifakatam, you could put it even on top. That's in general by Akira. Now, today, in our mission, we're learning about a tanner. A tanner is more chamer. A tanner, because it's such an intense heat, it only has a tiny little opening. So then, um, even if you do garifakatam, you can't put it on top of it, we're learning from Abaye that you can't even do smicha by a tanner. And then we have a third thing, a kupach, which is just a square shape. If it fits one, it's right in the middle between the two. And we say it depends if it has good fuel or bad fuel. If it has good fuel, then it's or machmer, and it's like a tanner that even if I'm garfakatam, I can't put it on top. If it doesn't have good fuel, good fuel, then we're lenient to we are lenient to treat it like a kira, and it's mutter. It's mutter to do um, shihiyan. So now the Gemara says, What is exactly the Kupach and what's the Kira? So I'm Rabbi Yosef Rebuchanina, Kupach Makamachvius Gedeir Acha. So Kupach has a square that is only a place for one pot. Kira Makamachvius Gedeir So Kira has pot, for, has, a, has enough room for two pots. I'm Rabbi Yosef Rebuchanina, we learn like this in Mishnah and Caleb. Kira Shechukhullah Archa Tahora. What's the rule? If a person has a Tameh Kli, if it gets split and it breaks in a way that it can't be used anymore, so then it, it, it loses the Tameh. So let's say I had a Kira, it was split down the length. It's hard because you can't hold a pot anymore. Right? It's a rectangle. I put it down the long side, so now neither side is able to hold a pot. The raw pot, if it's split down the width, it's still tame because each half can hold one pot. So therefore, it's still a cleat. So we see that the kira clearly can hold two pots. But then it says, but the kupach, when kupach is also, it becomes tar whether it's split along the length or the width. Why? Because since it can only hold one, one pot, so either way it's going to be split, it's not going to be able to hold a pot anymore since it won't be able to hold a pot. Um, anymore, so therefore it will be 
Tahar, no matter how it gets split. So that just uh, solidifies what we said, that the Kupach has this as, as like a square that can hold uh, only one pot, whereas a Kira is a rectangle that can hold two pots.